0: Oliver Dixon on SAFM. It is 22 minutes after 10 o'clock. I'm coming to you live from the Iziko Museum in uh, the city of Cape Town. This is the start of the countdown uh, to the World Science Forum taking place next year. Uh, well, next month. My apologies here in the city of Cape Town. it is being hosted here at the Iziko Museum. I have no idea why. But Wayne Florence, Dr. Wayne Florence, who's the director of research and exhibitions at the Ezekiel Museums, uh, might be able to tell me why. Wayne, good morning. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Wh- why is it being? Why is the countdown being kicked off here? Uh, morning,
1: Oliver. And uh, morning to your listeners also. Um, thanks for the opportunity to speak to you. Uh, I think the countdown is being old here because you know when you when you visit the museum, uh, you don't actually get the sense of what the museum is actually about. Mm in terms of the major scientific uh, collections that are held in the holdings of the museum, in the back of the museum. Yeah. So uh, in the back of the museum, the things that the public don't actually get to see is a multitude of uh, diverse collections um, that's also uh, researched. Hmm. Uh, interpreted and then turned into exhibitions. So I think it's a good link for us to have. Uh, Actually, yeah, maybe let's we'll start there.
0: What, what? Let's start there. The relationship between research, scientific research, in in the case of your museum, it's almost always historical and archaeological. Uh, the link between research and the educative function of museums. You do the research, I come, I view, and I learn something. Hopefully, uh, talk to me about that value chain. I think. Um, You know, I I do the research, but also the wonderful thing about being
1: a scientist and working in a museum is that you actually have a platform to take your science, interpret it, and then package it in a very specific way, you know, that uh, is amenable to people Mm. uh, and to stimulate uh, education. Um, You also get an opportunity to involve technology Mm. um, and use technology through social media and all of those types of platforms to engage people. So, uh, um, you know, while I, as a curator, um, uh, maybe, maybe doing science, there is this wonderful opportunity also to convey that science. But just to take that one step further, it's actually a conversation. You know, it's not just me. Mm. As a, as a, I, I heard somebody say something about being an ivory tower scientist earlier, <laughs> it's not just this ivory tower scientist. You know, that work in museums. It's, it's basically um, you know having a conversation with people. Yeah. Um, being inclusive, mm. being consultative, being participatory. Uh, and his museums is really uh, all about that. Mm. Um, we've got a, a dark past that's based in coloniality, mm. um, that we are steadily and almost aggressively um, moving uh, beyond, you mm-hmm. know, uh, to be more inclusive and to reimagine our 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 museums also and our experiences for people, so that. Uh, you know, it's, it's more meaningful to them as opposed to them sitting on the outside and a scientist telling them mm. Uh, mm. How, how this should go down. But, but uh, just to also add, um, and to add to what you've said, it's not just about history and archaeology. We also have fantastic natural science collections uh, in this museum. In fact, we have about 10 million specimens in the back of this museum that the public don't get to see, but that are the foundations of our, you know, decision making uh, in terms of the data that they hold in terms of our decision making about a whole multitude of societal uh, issues ranging from food security, health,
0: really? and climate change, etc.
1: Can you give us an example
0: of one particular artifact documented here?
1: So for instance, um, we have major entomology collections. What's that? Uh, so these are insect collections okay. uh, that are important for agriculture. One of our researchers... Dr. Thule and Schlecker actually works on things called arid ants. So these are ants that live in really dry conditions. Understanding uh, their, bio, their biodiversity, their biology, etc. gives us an insight into how they deal with extreme arid conditions. We know mm. that our climate is changing and mm. so we can take lessons from that and implement it into our decision making, mm. you know, influencing policy through applied research, of mm. course, mm. Uh, and then implementing policy uh, to mitigate the effects of climate change. Oh, wow. What does Ezeko mean? Uh, so Ezeko is basically the earth, the place of gathering. It is the, uh, it's, a, it's, it's the place where uh, the community comes together okay. to actually learn uh, their storytelling You know there's Ah, there's that uh yeah there's that learning experience uh from the elders yeah um, but also uh yeah it is just the coming together of 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 a
0: community yeah research i've always thought to take place in um institutions of higher learning um Mm -hmm. and not particularly in museums Mm -hmm. so you've changed my perspective on that Mm -hmm. what then is the partnership ecosystem like here uh, between the museum and research institutions, uh, to be able to make sure that one that uh, the, the right stuff is being collected, uh, saved, uh, you know, documented correctly, the right research uh, researchers are applied to the right research, um, and that when it's being exhibited to the public as public knowledge, that it's done in a way that I can understand. Uh, that I'm assuming that it takes a lot of partners to make that happen.
1: Hundred uh- percent look at s- external partners and internal partners, let me yeah. say that. I mean, we cu- we have a curatorial team, I head up the research and exhibitions team, but we also have an education department. Um, we also, also have a, a collections department. So we work hand in hand with each other. Mm. Uh, our education department um, runs public programs and they run educational programs. And so when we're conceptualizing exhibitions, we also work alongside them so that we are able to deliver the content mm. um, that... Often, our scientists are producing for peer-reviewed publications. They sort of, Mm. for a very specific crowd of people. So that's Mm. our internal partners. Externally, uh, this museum has, the South African Museum, uh, is part of the broader Ezekiel family, Mm. um, where we have 11, 12 museums, I think now, um, uh, that cross disciplines from natural sciences, social sciences, art, social history. Um, and so, with this museum we've got, is it has been in existence for almost 200 years. So we have 200 years' worth of scholarly endeavor, uh, you know, around natural history, uh, social history, etc., uh, archaeology. Yeah. Um, and along with that has been a very, very close link with universities. Um, we have a great partnership with the University of Cape Town. Uh, right next door Um, uh, and so we work hand in hand some of the scientists are associates with us because you know one of the problems that we struggle with is actually having enough resources to uh, employ enough human resources to be able to do justice Mm. to the collection our collections are vast yeah Um, so we have that partnership where we have professors uh, you know, uh, researchers at universities who are actually associates with us also. But in addition to that, we have active research collaborations with not only the University of Cape Town, but also other universities in Cape Town and nationally, University of the Western Cape, um, you know, Stellenbosch University, CPUT. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have collaborations uh, and partnerships with all of them. I don't
0: think we would be able to Is do the l- work that we do yeah. and do it justice, which we owe to the public. Is is this an open-door policy museum? That is to say, if there's a masters students in the University of Venda, it's very hot over there, almost desert-like <laughs> Desert-like hot. who says, I have an interest in, in, in what, entomology, is that what you called it? Let me go there and see if I can be a part of the research team there or contribute my scholarly output towards yeah. them, have access to their collections to be able to enrich my research. Is it open door policy? Absolutely, Oliver. Oliver, we have, we have uh, students that
1: engage with our collection from all over the country and internationally Yes. Yeah. So uh, we do have an open open access policy. Um, we also send loans of our collections oh. for research purposes. We make that possible. Like a library, some just bring it back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and uh, yeah, some people don't bring it back, <laughs> and we, we have we have very uh, strict collections managers yeah. <laughs> that put on them. But um, but yeah, I think definitely, and don't underestimate the value of data. Every mm. specimen in our collection has whether it is a ser- or object. Whether it is a social history object, or an art piece, or, uh, or, or, or a bug, okay? all of them have uh, data associated with it. Mm. It's what it is, when was it collected, and where mm. was it collected. That type of information is critical for all sorts of decision making, whether that's uh, you know, in terms of social injustices, mm. at all, and that's the theme of this World Science mm. Forum, in fact, you know, or, or just biodiversity uh, management or so. Yeah, um, all of those have have application for that, and so um, so yeah, the data also is available, not only on request, but we also through collaboration with and funding from uh, DSI, yeah, um, also also um, disseminate that information globally through the Global Biodiversity yeah. Information Facility website, where yeah. anybody can access it.
0: Wayne Florence, Dr. Wayne Florence, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it.